0: Going beyond governance, the art of talking about what really matters. Many boards feel stifled by compliance. More and more time is spent on compliance issues and difficult conversations take place outside rather than inside the boardroom. Opportunities are lost and the talent around the table remains unused. Welcome to the Better Boards podcast series. In this episode, I'm delighted to talk with Jim Howden, Jim has worked with thousands of leaders around the globe and many Fortune 500 boards. In this episode, Jim talks about the status quo, what hinders boards to talk about what really matters, and what is possible if boards dare to talk about difficult issues and what really matters. I'm Dr. Sabine Demkowski, founder and managing partner of Better Boards. We make the boards of the most ambitious organizations more effective. Our mission at Better Boards is to contribute to creating Better Boards. We do this by providing clients with an evidence-based approach for board evaluations and board development programs. To fulfill our mission, we give a voice to all who care about creating Better Boards. Welcome, Jim. Thank you for contributing to the Better
1: Boards podcast series. It's my pleasure to be here. Looking forward to our conversation. Me too. (laughs) Let's jump straight in. What do boards spend their time on? Well, it's interesting. I think what boards spend their time on is unfortunately not the things that they should spend their time on. You know, when we look at boards and we work with boards, what we find is that, you know, they spend their time on three things. They tend to spend their time on updates, which is a look back. They tend to spend their time in making some decisions. And then they would expend their time on exploring new opportunities, new growth, you know, new energy, new dynamics, new breakthroughs. Unfortunately, if we put percentage against those, I would have to put about 80% of the time it's on updates, maybe 10% of the time on decisions and 10% of the time on exploring the future. And and it seems like that is just completely Opposite in our experience to what it needs to be, in other words, updates could be mailed out. Updates could be quickly addressed, but updates should be a very small part mm-hmm. of it—ten percent. Uh, the the whole idea of decision is a good part, but unfortunately, sometimes boards are not ready with a fact base and in, in a sense of acting before, before the urgency dissipates. So, just knowing the balance of that, you know, might again be ten to twenty percent. But the majority of the time ought to be taking all the talent and expertise and knowledge and know-how that a board brings to the to the table and exploring the future, you know, the what if, the how might, if we could, you know, and leveraging all that talent and expertise in conversations around how do we build something even more powerful, better, and dynamic for the future. And so I would flip that from you know, the majority yeah. of the percentage on, on updates and decisions the majority being on exploring a much more vibrant and dynamic future for an organization. I mean, it's interesting.
0: I, I wholeheartedly agree. And this is exactly what we are seeing as well when I observe board meetings, when I talk with board members. And what's interesting, everyone is realizing this, and nobody is really happy with this. <laughs> and yet it is happening.
1: You know, I, I think part of it is the responsibility and the legal responsibility boards have given legislation and given, unfortunately, some things that happened with that were, were not appropriate. But what it's done, I think, is caused boards to spend most of their time playing defense. Yeah. Uh, you know, oversight, accountability, governance versus playing offense, which is all about how can the collective wisdom of this group really be fully leveraged? to create something and build something better for the future. You know, we've often talked about what do great boards do? And I think they live on this offensive side where they might be considering, you know, what do we want to build that doesn't exist, that we're willing to endure personal sacrifice to bring to life, because that means we care about it. It's compelling to us and it really matters. And that seems to be a minority of what boards do and where they spend their time but it should be flipped so they play much more offense and in that playing that offense it's a secret weapon uh, rather than something that is there but only out of uh, maybe legal necessity or making sure we don't screw up
0: so what really needs to happen on a practical level that boards do exactly that that they stop playing defensive protecting themselves safeguarding, making sure that they are not breaching the law. What practical advice can you
1: give our listeners? You know, we've stumbled on something a number of years ago, and that was that boards really don't know how to have the conversations they need to have. Yeah, uh, There is sort of this sense of, you know, not wanting to embarrass yourself as an individual. There's this sense of not wanting to address things that might be controversial with the excitement and the energy they should. So what we found, and this is very amazing that we stumbled on it, but we began to talk to people, you know, members of a board, for example, about what are the issues that we are creatively dissatisfied with that are holding us back or inhibiting us from really ascending to a level we're capable of. And we visualize those in cartoon fashion. And so what that means is that leaders are wearing masks and not saying what they really think on a board, then, then we visualize that aspect of it. Sometimes we visualize a strategy that a board is constantly revising it and doesn't know how to say no, which is one of the most important words for any strategy. It's not just what you do, it's what you say no to. And And so we visualize all of these things that are not being entertained in discussion and conversation and dialogue. And we ask a board to look at all of those and to put a check on the ones that are really relevant, that really are maybe inhibiting us from playing offense or inhibiting us from addressing the real issues we should be talking about. It's really about psychological safety and creating a habit that allows us to put the real issues on the table that we can collectively address to elevate the performance of any organization. It has just taken off for us. And and what that means is that it creates psychological safety to talk about all the issues and to recognize we're all kind of co-authors of things we don't like, but we also could be co-responsible for overcoming those and, and even taking our performance to a much higher level. And that's been almost magical in getting boards to talk about the real issues they didn't know how to talk about and being a little more comfortable in being vulnerable together so that they can be aggressive and play offense together.
0: And here uh, in uh, Europe, I see very often the real issues are almost always discussed outside the boardroom rather than inside the boardroom. So what would help in your experience to bring these conversations really inside the boardroom and on a regular basis
1: right we have had a number of experiences with this first of all you're absolutely correct we jokingly say you know the three places that boards tell the truth are in in the hallway at the water cooler and in the bathroom where where there are one-off conversations (laughs) that you only say it to somebody you completely trust and so we then we sort of say how many people have experienced that most people have and uh why do we do that? And we say, because we're not sure it's safe to bring up the real issues. And, and then we say, that has to change. We can't be an exceptional organization, a leading organization, if we don't know how to get the conversations out of the hallway onto the table. And so the way to do that is, again, each individual tends to know what those issues are. Yeah. And collectively, they don't know how to put them on the table without offending someone or upsetting the apple cart, so to speak. And so the best way to do that, as I said, is to make it safe for people to express what they really think and feel and make it a common habit. So we had one organization where this may sound interesting, but the visual that emerged was a boxing ring. And the two boxers were sleeping on each other's shoulder. I mean, they were dressed to battle, but they were sleeping on each other's shoulder. And on their shirts, it said, the issues. And what that meant was, is the issues were taking a nap. But in Mm -hmm. the stands, people were beating each other up. And what that meant was the politics, the um, the behind the scenes, the conversations after the meeting, all of those behaviors that are just dysfunctional were occurring. And so all of a sudden, they canned this term called, let's get it in the ring. And so once a month, the board would make it safe to have any member of the board put the issue in the ring that we think we need to battle to clarity and battle to a position and battle to to play offense on this because we've been reluctant to address it. And it just made it safe to do that. And so the habit or the routine of putting it in the ring became the way that this board found each month a safe way to put issues of controversy or issues of tension or, or just even issues of bold thinking on the table so that we could battle it to a position as a board. No,
0: that's a very nice practical example. Listeners could replicate. Fantastic. Yep. So yeah, summarizing, yes. what are the three things our listeners should
1: take away from this podcast? Well, I think the first thing is by just having any member of the board, the chair of the board saying, we want to hear what you really think and feel is not enough. It simply is not enough. People are at times fearful. They don't want to be embarrassed. Uh, They don't want to say something that might not well resonate. So you have to go to extraordinary lengths to create the environment and the condition for people to truly feel safe to say what they really think and feel. So I I think that's the first thing. I think the second thing is, how do we change the board's agenda to spend time on offense versus defense? Mm. Uh, How do we really look at the board being a catalyst to the growth, uh, the dynamism, and the excitement for the future rather than just making sure something bad doesn't happen in the present. You know, they they shouldn't abdicate that responsibility for governance and oversight, but it should be an appropriate part of the conversations and the engagement. And then the third one is if we can shift the board time from updates and often not appropriately ready decisions where they spend most of their time, which is a look back, to exploring the real drama and dynamics and challenges of the future where they're not making a decision. What you're really doing is taking full advantage of all the expertise, talent, and experiences of the men and women you've assembled to help guide and direct the future. And uh, so those would be the top three that I could think of.
0: Fantastic, Jim. Thank you so, so much for contributing to the Better Words podcast series and for providing
1: our listeners with such fantastic practical issues. I mean, it's my pleasure and uh, thank you for the opportunity.
0: How can we help you and your board to become more effective? We at Better Boards are always delighted to hear from you. Get in touch. You can best reach us at info at better-boards.com.
1: Thank you for listening.